Welcome to the Behind the Bliss podcast, where Rachel Autry brings weekly conversations to encourage, inspire, storytell, and share. Each episode is designed for you to feel met in your mess and balanced in your bliss. Here's today's conversation. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Bliss. I hope you guys enjoyed last week, which we took an off week, but we just needed to rest and recoup, take some deep breaths around here, so I hope that you did the same. But this week we are back, and we are so excited to bring you this conversation that I think needs to be had. In this episode, I'm sitting down with Susie Davis, the author of Dear Daughters, Love Letters to the Next Generation. And it's exactly what it sounds like. We are chatting about mentorship, why it's important to have mentorship a part of your life, how the hecky you even get started with finding a mentor. And side note, Susie is about to become your BFF. She's fun and spunky. She's a mom herself. So her words of wisdom and encouragement for us, the younger generation is about to blow your mind. We dive deep into some of the chapters that she writes about. We talk through life transitions, body image, and other topics that I think just need some love from someone wiser. You'll leave this episode wanting a mentor, for sure. But no fear, Susie talks us through our first steps in finding one. This episode was super special for me to record because mentorship is something I've been moved to see as more important in my life. I've had to make mentorship a priority, and because of it, I'm so grateful. I have friends much older than me and much wiser than me that kind of act as my bumpers in life, and I could not be more thankful for them and for Susie for bringing this conversation to us today. So without further ado, here is today's episode. Well, hey, Susie, welcome to the show. Oh, I'm so glad to be on. Thank you so much for inviting me. Absolutely. We just were talking beforehand that we have some mutual friends, which is always so fun when the world gets small and you just feel kind of like we're friends before we're even (laughs) hosts and guests, which is really a treasure. And we have a mutual friend who's my all-time favorite and yours too, Bailey Greenlees, who's a Young Life girl. So that was really fun to figure (laughs) out that we have her in common. Yeah, And she actually used to work for me. She worked for me the last year before she went Back to Young Life. So I love Bailey. She's my favorite. Don't you love Young Life connections? Those okay. are the most fun too. There's yeah. Young Life people. Do you I know. know what I mean? Like no, if you're totally. a Young Life person, there's a new caliber. I know. I grew up, um, my parents came to Christ through Young Life because my sister got involved in club in high school. And then, so like Young Life's in my blood. It's in our family's history. And now my youngest daughter, Sarah, her um, husband is on staff in Katie. So it's just like continuing on. I love it. From generation to generation. I know. My funny, I feel like everyone has a Young Life story. Mine is that I broke my leg at Windy Gap, oh. one of the Young Life camps in North Carolina. <laughs> and so sometimes I'll go back and visit. And there's some people that are still on staff there full time. And I'm like, hey, I don't know if you remember, I'm the girl that broke her leg on the field. And they're like, oh my gosh, you're you. I was like, yes, it was so drama, Susie. It was so much drama. Drama. So sorry. No, it's fine. I'm like, try breaking your leg in the middle of nowhere near Asheville. It's just not much fun. It's really not. Oh my God. But Young Life is rowdy. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. I was about to say, controlled chaos is what I like to call it. That's nice. For the parents, we say that. Controlled chaos. Yeah. Yeah. It ended up fine. I mean- I went to club, became a leader, all the things. I love Young Life (laughs) till I die, through and through. I know. Well, I think that you have such a fun perspective to share with us because, um, well, one, it's a topic that we haven't really covered yet. 
mentorship and the need for having some kind of um, wiser discipleship in your life. Um, And you wrote a book all about it. So all of your thoughts you talk about today are wrapped up in this cutie book. I am just so obsessed with it. So (laughs) can we talk a little bit about that? Because I need people to know that this needs to be on their bookshelves. You wrote a book called Dear Daughters, Love Letters for the Next Generation. It is it's basically exactly what it says. It's just some love letters on different parts of life that I think people just need encouragement and things spoken into. How how'd you come up with that? Well, I'll tell you what. It started really organically for me and it went it went right back to having high school kids. My kids are all married now. They're young adults. I have a grandson, which is like, oh, boy, he has my heart. But um, oh. when my kids were in high school, uh, their friends would come over and I'd be making peanut butter and jelly sandwich, slide it across the kitchen counter. And I would just ask them questions about their life and about God. And um, that's really how, quote, unquote, mentorship started in my life. It just started with about me, with me being a mother, um, a spiritual mama to my kids' friends. So then when my daughters went off to college, I started writing little online letters of encouragement to them just on social media, just real short with a little pretty picture. And I just got a lot of response. So um, started a podcast called To Your Daughters. And now this is the book. And really, this is just um, a culmination of a lot of different conversations I've had with young women who I've come to know as my dear daughters, who are just younger women that I have a heart for that aren't my own, but I think of them as my own. Um, and that's really how it started just over the years, being able to step into someone's life at the right time, hopefully with some wisdom and with some questions, just asking them how they're doing and mm-hmm. um, not a big program or, you know, quote unquote discipleship, but just this mentoring, which I think is a little bit different than, than discipleship. So, I mean, it can include discipleship, but mentorship is more about asking someone where they're at and kind of letting God speak into that in, in a conversation with, with someone else. That's really what I think about it. And it's doing the everyday kinds of things, whether that's thrifting or gardening or making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches or whatever. Yeah. Meeting them where they are. Mm -hmm. It's so special. So I'm loving this too, because I have a little background personal story of why this is so important to me and why I want to scream it from the rooftops, like find a spiritual mama. My husband and I got married about three years ago and grew up and were raised in South Carolina. And I love that place so much, but we felt called to move here to Birmingham, Alabama. And we, we were the only people we knew here other than his work friends, which are great. But you know, at some point you have to clock out and find community outside of work. And so it was interesting because I didn't feel like I had someone to go to or, I mean, a mentor for lack of better words. And long story short, we got pulled into a newlywed small group, which, I mean, completely changed marriage for us, which was so fun. So Mm. go community. But (laughs) I think out of all of it, we found like a spiritual mom and dad. So like if something ever happened or I needed someone to um, like go to the ER with me if something were to happen. Like I know who I can call. Yeah. And it almost got my attention of like, oh gosh, like is this normal? This is healthy, but is this normal? And I've realized a lot of my friends don't have that. And I crave it for them because I know what I have in this. And so 
for you being a spiritual mama and loving on people, asking them the hard questions, getting in their space in a good way and doing things that they love to do, I think is so special and is something I feel like is far too often overlooked in life. And this book, you almost get to be a spiritual mama to all your readers. I hope so. Because you're sharing your sweet words. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my ideal, you know, the deal is that I think everybody deserves a spiritual mama. And I think everybody, I think God wants us to have that, that person in our life. And so, um, but yeah, if they don't have someone, I hope this book would feel like I'm just sitting down next to them. But ideally, I would love for them to take that book and then go find someone in their community and have conversations. It's a bridge building book. Like if you don't know what to ask or what to say, or if the older woman who is sometimes intimidated doesn't know what kinds of questions to ask, well, there's a ton of them in the book. So it's it's yeah. meant to be a tool to comfort you, but also to be a bridge building tool for someone to take to an older or younger woman and say, hey, let's read this book together. Yeah, exactly. So for those people who have no idea what a spiritual mama is, can we just take a second to define that? Because I think if I hadn't have known, I think I might be confused. Yeah, absolutely. Good. It, so a spiritual mama in my in my language is just a mentor, what you think of as a mentor. But I cool. chose a different word because mentor sounds intimidating. Mentor sounds like a program. Mentor sounds yeah. like if you're the mentor, then you should have a degree in theology and psychology. Um, or if you're the mentee, you have to be young, which is not true. I need a spiritual mama. I need someone a little further down the road who's gone through some different kinds of things that I'm going to be going through to give me wisdom. Yeah. So you can be, you know, a spiritual mama when you're 20 to a girl who's in high school. And I just use, like I said, spiritual mama because the the kids that my um, the, when I told you the story about my high school age kids, their friends started calling me Mama Suze because they didn't want to call me Mrs. Davis. And they couldn't call me Susie because they felt like it was too informal. And so (laughs) they just started calling me Mama Suze and that's what they still call me. And I love that. And I love that in some small way, I'm, I'm endearing enough to them that I'm, they think of me as a mother. It's just the highest calling in my mind. I love it. And for me, whenever I say spiritual mother, I'm referring to, or a spiritual mama, I'm referring to someone who is like close proximity to me, who is like involved in my life and not replacing my own mom because oh, I yeah. am so grateful. Like I have a, a an amazing relationship with my mom and she is wonderful and she is amazing, but unfortunately she's not in Birmingham right. and she's not, you know, and she has other children and other things going on in her life and not that she's too busy for me, but sometimes it just helps to have a third party. So just to like clear the board, this is what we mean when we refer to spiritual mamas throughout the episode. Like this is not a threat mom. And this is not, this is not like a, you know, someone else stepping in and, and it could be, I mean, let's say you did have maybe an unhealthy relationship with your own mom. This could be an amazing way to kind of fill any gaps that there might be. Um, So, Yes, when we say this, this is what we mean. I just felt like we kind of had to throw no, it out there for and people that's that might right. be. Listen, confused. and I'll say this too. My daughter Emily lives in Dripping Springs, which is just 20 minutes outside of Austin. So she's close to her mom. But I want her to have other women in her life that she can talk to because yeah. when you get married, you know, it can get complicated when you're walking through 
a marriage issue, a young marriage issue or whatever. Yes. And so glad you said that. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, I think we all need other women in our life, lot, lots of women in our life who are wise and can help us, you know, see our life the way that God wants us to see it. And, you know, you're right. A mother is irreplaceable. Um, but for many women that I talk to, they their own mothers either aren't spiritual or they've been distracted by a really tough situation like a divorce or a career even. And they're just um, seeking someone who can help them walk in wisdom where they are. So yeah, I'm for all the women helping all the women. That's, that's yes. what I'm for. Yes. Ladies love ladies. I love that. Right. So, okay. There's a lot of different cool topics that you cover within the book specifically, like loving your body, life's purpose, feeling small, transitions. Gosh, the transitions one was for me. Right. So there's that. And then <laughs> on your one beautiful life and just like tons of topics I think were so helpful because I'm thinking, oh man, what questions would I ask someone who is wiser than me? And I kind of start stumbling, like you said, over my thoughts of so many. I mean, I have so many questions, but these small, short letters were so helpful because it gave you some tangible like, hey, I've, I've been there. I've been where you are, um, and I might not have done it perfectly, or I am proud of how I did it and how I walked through it. But regardless, here are some wise words to help you through the time. I think that is irreplaceable. So what are some of the other ones that you wrote? And I kind of want to know which one was your favorite. Well, I think for me, the transitions was just a huge chapter. And, uh, you know, I call the 20s the decade of big decisions for um, for someone in their life because usually that's the decade, you know, about 18, 19, 20, you're graduating from high school, you're choosing a college, they're hoping you're going to pick your career for the rest of your life, which is totally stressful, um, by no, declaring yeah. a major. Oh, well. You're going to move in with a bunch of people who are your peers and out of your family of origin your relationship with your parents change. I mean, we could just go on and on. So there's that huge decade. You're going to probably meet the guy you're going to marry. You're going to get married. You're going to be early married. You know, like you might have a baby. All in between 20 and 30, there's this enormous, um, really just like over and over, there's a cycle of seasonal transitional changes. Um, and then you kind of settle in when you have kids and, and then you start hitting them again. And I just recently went through, like I mentioned, my kids are all married. Our youngest, Sarah, got married to Davey. And after that happened, my heart really got clunked around. And I was like, what is going on? I was like, where is God? Why do I feel sad? And um, I started meeting with the spiritual director, which was in in essence, it was um, she's like she's like a spiritual mama to me. But um, started meeting with her and walking through my own transitions. And the thing about transitions is, when you are in a season of walking through a transition, that means that something new is coming up. Like if you're engaged mm -hmm. and you're about to get married, you're like something new is coming up. It's very exciting. But in order for that to happen, something old has to die. Something that's been there, like. Speaking about marriage, you know, you move from, um, you know, you're going to get married and you're going to live with this man and you're leaving your family of origin. And there are a lot of, there's a lot of goodbyes in that. Um, so that's really, you know, that was an important um, chapter to me. And I, I see over and over with the girls that I talk with that they 
are constantly going through the, the transitions in life. And, you know, it's just realizing that joy and grief have an opportunity to sit side by side in most transitions um, because you're looking forward to something that's coming up, but you're also having to grieve something that's over. Right. Exactly. I mean, my brain's going so many different places. I'm so excited. <laughs> so so as you're talking, I'm thinking like this book, I read it as like literally a love letter to myself from you. But I'm also thinking like this would be the perfect gift for really anyone. Someone my age that needs some love from someone wiser and older, maybe even someone older, like you said earlier, who might have some direction on loving someone. And I think just as much as we need you, I feel like you guys might need us and oh, just yeah. some kind of back and forth of, okay, people, like you said, women need to love on women and you can't do life alone and you're better together. And all these things and cliche terms, I feel like are on canvases everywhere come to life. And you realize like, oh gosh, someone else has walked through the steps that I've walked through right now. And this is some practical, yeah, some practical advice. So I am curious too, if you can maybe just speak to how if someone is is kind of listening and they're thinking, yeah, I recognize that I need a mentor or a spiritual mama. I'm not quite sure where to turn or where to even find one. What would almost be some good next steps for someone who would want that influence in their life? Yeah. Well, I think the easiest um, thing that you can do, and I actually have um, – <laughs> This is so fun. I have an I created something called the Mentor Map, and it and it's an exclusive okay. podcast. It's an exclusive podcast episode with Bailey. And no way. Yes, I did. That's so funny. So, um, but inside, and I'll give you um, a place where people can jump through to you know get that. There's a link. Yeah, I'll we'll put it in you. our show notes. Yeah, but it's called the Mentor Map, and it basically outlines you know if you want a mentor, how can you find one? Where can you find one? What does it look like? you know, how do you approach someone? But basically one of the very small steps that's really easy um, to do that I tell women, you know, this is what you start with. You just look around your community in real life and look at the people like, who do you admire, respect? Um, And, you know, the trick here is like, there are probably a bunch of people on Instagram that you follow that you admire and respect, but they live in cities really far away and mm-hmm. and they might be really busy and not really know you. So who really, who's someone who might really know you? Um, or at least you could sit eye to eye with and have coffee, find that person and just walk up to him and say, Hey, you know, or text him or whatever. Hey, would you, um, do you think you might have time to go get coffee with me? That's it. Mm-hmm. That's where it starts. It's, it's, it's kind of like building a friendship. Like you don't walk up to someone you don't know well and say, Hey, will you be my best friend forever and ever and ever? You know, because it it might freak them out. And um, what a lot of young women have found out that I've talked with is that when you walk up to someone or approach them and say, "Hey, will you mentor me?" It kind of freaks them out because the you know they feel like they have to have some kind of special right. training or something. So <laughs> just by asking someone to go get coffee, and then what I say is, if they say yes, and um, I suggest asking them questions about their life instead of talking about yourself the whole time. I mean, we all want to talk about ourselves and understand our lives, but like if you respect the way their marriage looks, just say, Hey, you know, I really respect the way your marriage looks like. What are like three things that Mm -hmm. you've found that really help you be the wife you want to be? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's the way to start. 
It's easy. It's a lot easier than I feel like people make it out. Like you said, you don't need a degree. You don't need seminary (laughs) training, like anything technically on a tool belt. I think that whenever I asked my mentor slash spiritual mom, like, hey, can I just start spending some more time with you? And she's an artist. And so she just paints in her garage. And sometimes I just go over and hang out. Nice. She was like, I'm just so honored. And I'm like, shut up, Deborah. Like, (laughs) you, it's fine. I'm like, this is so casual. Don't make this extreme. Like, this is just for fun. And it has been. And it just feels like a friendship. And that's what I feel like it's supposed to be truly is just a really healthy friendship where they can and they hopefully will call you out and say, whoa, whoa, danger. What did you just say? You know, and because we can get stuck in our own thoughts and I see all of my behind the scenes and to invite someone else in there that is a little bit further advanced, they can say, hey, hey, whoa, red flag, like don't go there. Or that's so normal. Like I remember going over to her house one day and just freaking out. And I was like, all right, I had this thought. I hate myself for it. She's like, what is it? And I was like, I had this thought, like, what if I married the wrong person? And I'm like, that's so awful. Like, I can't believe I thought that. And just really hating myself. And she just said, welcome to the club. Like, it's okay. <laughs> like, everyone has that thought once in a while. Like, you're human. You're sinful. Like, if you didn't have that thought and y'all were just living in la-la land, we'd have bigger problems than you yeah. have right now. Yeah. And so it just, like, helps me because I'm like, deep breath. I'm norm- I'm okay. You know, like, yes. I, I'm okay. And So just help someone be your bumpers that I love my peers, my friends to death, but I can't trust them the same way I can because they haven't yet walked through things I'm walking through or they're walking beside me. So they can't see five miles down the road, just like I can't see five miles down the road. So I'm here for it. (laughs) I really am. One of the things you wrote about, I feel like that is something I'm seeing as friends slash mentors of some younger women in my life is the loving your body. Chapter. Yeah, yeah. Can we go um, there? Yeah, let's do. Let's just jump into <laughs> that because I think everybody. I'm. I mean, I think men deal with it too. I think women talk about it more. Um, mm-hmm. But what happened with me is, um, you know, I I would just have negative self talk and stuff like that. And then when I had daughters, it was when Sarah was tiny. She was probably three or four years old, and I was about to pop her in the tub, and there was bubbles, and she was standing there leaning you know, like standing right um, on the other side of the tub. And I looked at her cute little cherub-like body and I was like, oh my gosh, she's the cutest thing I have ever seen mm-hmm. in my life. And I really felt like I heard a God whisper and he said, you know what? She looks just like you. Mm-hmm. And I I was so like, it was an epiphany for me because I had such a fierce, pure mother love for the way that her body looked. And the truth is, she she is shaped just like me, and I didn't have that fierce, you know, pure love yeah. for my own body. And I was just like, wow, like, can I really love and appreciate my body the way that I do my daughter's? And um, so I found a picture. I had a picture of Sarah in the bubbles in the bathtub, and I found a picture of me at the same age in the Mm -hmm. bathtub and I put them up side by side and just kind of as a reminder, like, Hey lady, you know, love yourself, love this body, this, you get one life. Let's make it beautiful. Let's, let's love ourselves the way that God loves us, body, mind, and soul without, you know, 
certain, you know, I don't know, rules and like if you lose blah, 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 well, then you'll be, you know, God doesn't look at us like that. And so we shouldn't look at ourselves like that. So one of the things I did with um, when after I went through this is I told girls like find find a picture of your baby self because it's really hard to like hate on your baby self like yeah because we're so stinking cute yeah <laughs> who doesn't love your baby self like that's but when you pull that picture out and you realize you're the same person you know mm-hmm. and you carry inside of you the person you were at three four five. 16, 17, 20, 22, and now I'm 55. So I carry all these, you know, ages of who I was inside of me. That's, that's my story. That's my whole person. And I want to have love and grace over that woman because I live with her every day. I'm with her more than I'm with anybody else. And that includes her body. So, you know, that's really what the chapter is about is just recovering that, you know, the love that, I mean, gosh, it, when it says in the Psalms, David says, you know, I look at what you've made and, and I'm in awe. If you read that closely, he's also referring to when I, when I see what, what you've done and the works that you made, he's referring to himself. Mm-hmm. And he says, I'm in awe over how you made me. And we need to get some of that back. Yeah, I'm with you. And one of your things that you said in your book, which I thought was so beautiful, was you said, um, going back to this baby idea, because you, your baby self and your grown-up self are the same person. Yeah. So I love that both. And yeah. Like, I truly forget sometimes. Um, it's the same body. And with this whole idea of like creation, and sometimes I have to take myself back to it. And Stacey Eldridge wrote in Captivating, the very first chapter, it's all about that we are, as women, the pinnacle of creation. Like, God created it all. He created man even. And then he was like, something's not right. Like, something's mm. still missing. Yeah. And then he created us, and it was complete. And if you almost look, she kind of walks it through. If you look at the order of creation, it kind of goes from least significance to most significance. Like, right. you know, first he created light, then he created separation, then he created fish, and then he created land animals. And, and I mean, like, it kind of is – growing and growing and then we are like the peace day resistance and however you say it like the crescendo like here we come and I'm like I have to remember that and whenever I disown my body or if I hate on a particular part of my body I'm I'm hating my creator more than I'm hating myself or telling him like yeah you messed up here he's like no I didn't and that's what I have to remember if it's like a freckle that really annoys me to maybe the ways that like my arms lay flat (laughs) like it's just silly things that I get so wrapped up on. And my um, mom has said it best. She's like, I don't want you like coming off of a fun day at the beach, not remembering the fun times you had because you're worrying about this, the ways that you were standing or sitting or laying down. And I want you to be able to remember the day at the beach being just a super beautiful. fun time and yeah. a beautiful time. And yeah. and I just thought like, oh, you're so right. Like how much fun and potential memories do I waste just analyzing my posture or <laughs> my hair is out of place. And I'm yeah. like, gosh, dang it. Like I need to, you know, have more fun. And it starts with just loving yourself first and being comfortable in your skin. So I'm so glad you touched on that. What is something else that, I mean, with all the women that you just love on, you have conversations with, I'm sure you've seen some patterns, like other things that might've come up that you're like, okay, well, you're not the only one. Yeah. Kind of curious, what what else are those so that maybe we can help some of our listeners feel more met or like have a me too moment? Yeah, I think um, a lot of women 
um, that I talk with wonder if they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. What am I supposed to be doing with my life? And um, I don't know if this is a new thing. Um, I don't remember feeling like that so much or having those kinds of questions when I was in my twenties. Well, actually I say that I can remember doing it, but I do feel like because there seem like there's so many more options and because we can see what everybody else is doing, people worry if they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. And I mean, that's me. <laughs> yeah. And, and worrying, worry if like, uh, you know, does God want me to, what, what does God want me to do? Like, it's unclear, but really I think one of the things to, to realize is that they're saying, or I hear, I worry, which is about anxiety. And mm-hmm. there's just this, a little bit of, you know, anxiety about whether you're pleasing God. And I think that one of the things I think is if you're worrying about it, like you can pretty much know that, that I, I you know, your, your heart's in the right place. You're, mm-hmm. you're thinking about it. But when you're worrying about that, you're missing just being with God, you know, and letting kind of the day, one day roll into the next and handling one day at a time and just doing the thing right in front of you that you're, that you see that you're supposed to be doing instead of focusing on what you could be doing or where you could be instead of where you are. Um, so anxiety just is one of those things that creeps in all over the place. And, you know, like I said, when you're full of anxiety, whether it's worrying about what, what you're supposed to do or you're worried because you've seen something on the news that's horrible and you're scared about it, Mm-hmm. Um, happening to you or someone you love, whether that's, I mean, let's be honest, who goes into a theater anymore and doesn't think about things, you know, yeah. or in any public place. And I understand because I witnessed a murder when I was 14. But whether it's that kind of thing, like a really big one, or if it's this, this little gnawing, like, what am I supposed to be doing? What am I doing here? Am I supposed to be, you know, even that idea that you said, did I marry the right person? That's just a little, it's like a little bubble of anxiety and everybody deals with it. Um, And so it's like tackling it and saying, hey, God, you know, I want to be right where you are. I want to be wholly present in the life that you've given me. And so will you help me do that? And then if you can't, um, you know, you need more help, talk to someone, get help you need, but like you can't worry and and joy don't, they don't coexist. So, you know, if you want to have the joy and you want to have the peace and listen, I was a former fear. I I had a fear bondage on my life for like 10 years. And I can tell you it's not fun and it's exhausting and joy doesn't live next door to fear. So it's just, you got to, you know, get healthy and Mm -hmm. uh, release it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And two, I think, with the whole joy and fear and all the things is, or what am I doing with my life? And am I, am I, you know, living in God's will and all the right. questions that I feel like flood my head and friends of mine's head. It's funny. Cause I mean, my spiritual mama will joke. She's like, I don't even know what I want to be when I grow up and I am grown <laughs> up. So now what? Like now what Rachel? And I'm like, you're right. You're right. Like, it's like, we're all figuring it out. It's one day at a time. And that's why, like, it's so important to have an eternal perspective. Like, is what I do today going to count? Yes or no? Yes? Okay, great. Then I'm doing good things. And, like, 
that's all that counts is just being obedient with your next step and not getting so stressed out. So it's helpful for this exact reason to have someone a few steps ahead say like, truly, it doesn't really matter where you go grocery shopping. You know, I mean, like, or just small things, like just to kind of take the pressure off, but then also, hey, eternal perspective, does it count? And I'm like, you're right, it does count or whatever. So I love that. Um, Something that is probably one of my favorite parts about this book is the fact it has some journal pages after every chapter. So you can pause and reflect, which is really sweet. Yeah. Um, is that was that your intent so that people could maybe write down something that they learned or questions they had? Yeah. Or what kind of like that just is so creative. Like where did well, you find that idea? <clears throat> I I think for me, um, I learned when I, I th- women are verbal processors, most of us. And so, you know, I wanted the book to feel more like a conversation. That's why I ask a lot of questions inside of it. I wanted the book to feel more like you're sitting down with me. And for me, I don't know if you feel like this, Rachel, but, you know, I journal and um, when I write things down, I understand things better. So it, you know, the questions are there for you to answer and think about or, or, you know, talk with someone over them. But I think that a lot of times women uncover things about themselves and their story with God when they're able to like talk it out. So I wanted this book to be a place to talk it out, whether it's on the pages or because you're sitting across from someone talking about, you know, what you read in the book. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's the perfect gift book too. So if you and your girlfriends want to start a Bible study, this is it. If you want to just gift this to someone who might be going through a hard time or to thank them for becoming your mentor or something, I just think that it's beautiful and can be used in a lot of different areas, even just coffee table book. It's just beautiful. Thanks. It It was fun. Yeah, and actually a girl who I consider a dear daughter – created the 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 cover so it's like a fun thing that it feels Wait, like that's special yeah it was really sweet so it's a that lot of so fun. sweet yeah that is so sweet gosh i'm just so excited for all the things we got to chat through today i feel like even listeners got a small little glimpse of what mentorship can look like and just the health that can come from it. And it's not always easy and fun conversation, but gosh, every time like you're going to leave with a new nugget, at least one of something you either know about yourself or the Lord or whatever that needed to be known. So I'm just so thankful for the time you spent with us today. And okay. If people want more of you though, you do have, you have your own podcast called Dear Daughters. Uh Yeah. So where else can people find you online? I mean, I think I'm on Instagram and Facebook, but I think the easiest way to find me is probably just go to my website. That's where you're going to find, you know, about my books or Soul Care Weekend or the podcast. You can find it all. And it's SusieDavis.org and it's S-U-S-I-E Davis.org. Perfect. Okay. One last question. Sure. We love to ask our guests this every time. It's pretty selfish because I'm like, it's mostly for me. But what are you loving these days? Like something that you are eating or going to or watching oh or listening to that you're like, okay. wait. Well, we're watching, it. Will and I are watching Friday Night Lights, the entire thing for the second time. So that's what I'm watching. 
about your Texas heart is like lighting up. Oh my gosh, it's it's filmed in Austin. Like I'm like, how did we miss this? <laughs> like we're like, oh my gosh, there's easies or whatever. It's like we missed the whole thing. I don't know where we were, or what we were doing, but um, yeah. So I um, I'm I'm loving that. I'm addicted to that. Um, what? Let's see what other things. Oh, there's. I'm into all kinds of hair products. I don't know why. It's like I'm in junior high again. I'm like all into the <laughs> hair products right now and the dry bar, bar stuff and all the smells and like all the dry oils. shampoo. Oh, there's so much good dry shampoo. Okay, I will give this tip because I haven't told anybody this. I feel like this is a really great tip. When my family and I went, our big old family went to Lakey, Texas for our, kind of our family reunion, there's like no grocery stores in Lakey, Texas, but they had a dollar store. And at the dollar store, which is like, what do you do on a Wednesday morning when you're in Lakey before you get down to the, to the river, you go to the dollar <laughs> store. So while I was there, suave dry shampoo, and it smells like, um, it's, it's the best. I'm going to find the link and give it to you, but it smells like the, the best stuff I've ever, ever put on my hair. It's like, it's like a hippie smell. And I mean that in the best way, like a green hippie smell. Oh my but goodness. It has the oil. What's that oil? Kind of that Moroccan oil smell. Yeah. You know? Argon oil. Yes. The argon oil. It's like yeah. argon oil dry shampoo. It's amazing. You know, if it's suave, it's like a dollar or something like that, you know? Yeah. It's oh crazy. Okay. Lakey, Texas. You know, who would have thought? <laughs> But I like love it. Texas, the bigger the hair, the bigger to God. So dry shampoo helps with that issue as well, or that situation. It's so good. Love anyway. it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, for real, for all those little fun beauty tips, but then also for the amazing amount of wisdom that you brought today to the show and to our listeners, I cannot thank you enough. So I'm grateful for you. Well, I'm grateful to know you, Rachel. I'm so happy to know you. Okay, homework for the week. Go find a mentor. I'm telling you, it will actually change your life. Maybe you already have this mentor, a part of your everyday, but I think now's the time to take that next step and invest deeper into that relationship. Have that conversation over coffee that Susie was talking about. Ask them questions about their life that you're interested in. I think that is a perfect next step. If you're wanting to get your hands on one of Susie's books, Dear Daughters, Letters to the Next Generation, then you can head to our show notes to find where they're being sold near you. We also linked the other things we talked about in today's episode in our show notes, like the dry shampoo, the mentor map, and everything else. You can find all of that at BehindTheBlissPodcast.com. I hope you guys have the best week, you're enjoying this fall weather, and that you feel a little more met in your mess. <laughs>